if a sandwich has bad bread, I don't want anything to do with it. do this is rambling your rants podcast it brings you inside of the team and news from around the nfl i'm your host and team reporter serena morales coming at you from los angeles california we are just about two weeks from the nfl draft so i wanted to talk about that and more news coming out from the nfl who better to bring on than one of my faves from the nfl network you can find her on the Thursday Night Football crew, she is the weekend host of Good Morning Football. She's also on Around the NFL Pod and much more. Also, a self-proclaimed sandwich queen. Find her on Twitter, at Colleen Wolf. The sandwich queen is with us now. I'm here, and I'm hungry, and I'm ready for a sandwich. <laughs> what is the go-to sandwich, girl? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually, I'm so excited because I am going home to Philadelphia this week. Uh, uh, and so I have a whole list of sandwiches that I definitely want to eat while I'm there, but I'm trying to bring back with me. So I'm bringing a freezer backpack type thing. I'm going to stock it full. But for me, I love a roast pork sandwich. I don't really like eat a ton of pork. Um, however, I make exceptions for my Philly food. And there is a sandwich there by Denix. It's roast pork with broccoli rabe and provolone on the most amazing bread. And I have a date with it on Thursday. I love this. It's very specific. I love that. Also, underrated. Sandwiches are, to me, like a salad. If you can, like, add in extra things and you're just adding bread. And they give you bread on the side of a salad most of the time anyway. So, to me, it's way more fulfilling. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, like, honestly, it's all about the bread. So, if a sandwich has bad bread, I don't want anything to do with it. The sandwich is ruined. We must start over. And there's got to be like lots of layers, lots of colors, right? That's the yes. foundation. There's a fantastic, I'm sure you've had it. Have you had the Godmother at Bay Cities no. in, in Santa Monica? Oh, please tell me. Tell, tell the listeners who live in LA. <laughs> okay. Normally I would never do this, but because this is an LA podcast, uh, I there there is a really perfect place in Santa Monica called Bay Cities. When I first moved here, everyone told me I had to try it. It was exactly the type of sandwich that I was looking for because, like I said, I'm very into bread. This is so good. And you have to get the godmother with the works. Um, and spicy is you know, the preferred. But if you don't do spice, that's fine. They have a mild option. It has everything on it. And it's so good. And it stays for days. So if you somehow have self-control and don't eat the full thing in one sitting, no problem. Go back the next day. You have yourself a lunch. It's oh. great. You oh. must try it. Okay, so it's like Chipotle like bowls where you eat the whole thing, but you really shouldn't. You could save it for later. This is a similar situation. It's exactly that. It's I have to cut it in half and put the other half away. But I'd say seventy five percent of the time, probably eighty percent, I go back in, polish off the other uh, end of the sandwich, and feel horrendous the rest of the day, but worth it. Totally worth it. That's what we're, that's what stretchy pants were invented for. All right. Well, let's get to it because the Rams, they've made some noise this offseason, bringing on Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Jackson. Wanted to get your overall thoughts, Colleen, on what it means for these guys to be added to the Rams offense. 
what a splash. I was not expecting Matthew Stafford to end up in LA. When I heard that news, I had to sit down for a second and, and open up my computer, have a date with Twitter for a little while, figure out what was going on, what the, what the, the details of the deal were. And I think for Matthew Stafford, what a perfect scenario for him. 12 seasons in Detroit, uh, never won a playoff game, only went to three playoff games. He was never really surrounded with, I think, what he needed to succeed. When, when was the last time he had a creative, offensively minded head coach or offensive coordinator? Mm, I don't know. Maybe never. Who knows? But he's so talented and he has that arm and he can make such beautiful throws. So thinking about him in this offense in L.A., with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and even Van Jefferson. I just, I can't imagine how good Matthew Stafford feels. Just in and of itself, you're moving from, and no disrespect to Detroit at all. Uh, I've been to the airport and I think it's beautiful. Great airport, great airport. <laughs> I love their airport. They have so much going on at that airport. A lot of people don't like when airports are spread out, but it feels new. There's a lot of dining options. Yeah. I'm a new one. So, yeah, I just, I can't imagine, uh, I know for me, when I moved from Philly to Los Angeles, it was so, it was just, it was so nice because I didn't have to deal with an ice scraper anymore. I didn't have to dig my car out of snow and sleet and walk the dogs in the rain, anything else. So just like on a very basic human, uh, environmental level, there's sunshine a lot here, which is great for mental health. Uh, but then the fact that Matthew Stafford has set so many franchise records and has all this talent, he feels re-energized now and he's going to be with, uh, you know, with Sean McVay. I just, I'm so excited to see what this side of Matthew Stafford looks like. For sure. And you kind of mentioned it like Stafford, a veteran in the league. He's 33 years old, played for Detroit his entire NFL career. He's due. But do you see him and the Rams maybe making that long-term deal? Is it like, okay, I moved out of my studio apartment. I'm going to move all my furniture in. I got a bigger place. <laughs> Listen, I think that Matthew Stafford, it, it all depends on what happens this year. Yeah. So a lot of it is, is great for the Rams because I'm sure a long-term deal is on the table, something that they want to do too. I would be shocked if less need was like oh I'm just like thinking about these next two years here and that's it I'm gonna make all of these moves and waves that's not how he works ever so I guess making a uh, having a long-term deal with Matthew Stafford and the fact that Stafford is only 33 years old and it feels like he's been in the league for so long and when I say only 33 years old for the quarterback position it's changing We've seen Drew Brees. We've seen Tom Brady. Yes, they might be anomalies, but I think that the old rules don't have to apply the same way that they always have. And for Matthew Stafford, if he comes into a good situation like there is in L.A. and you have I wouldn't even mention uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Jackson. We'll get into that. But yeah. Tyler Higby. <laughs> At the tight end position, yeah. you have Sam Akers. He's got a lot of skill players around him. And 
quite frankly, Sean McVay has to be so excited about the ability to open up his playbook and figure out all new things because it's a different skill set that Matthew Stafford brings. So it would be smart, I think, if everything works out, I would bet both parties would love to get something done long term. For sure. Well, let's hit on Deshaun Jackson, well-known former wideout for the Eagles. Colleen, I believe you, you said it, you're from Pennsylvania. So maybe you cheered for the Eagles at one point in your life. So wanted to get your thoughts on Deshaun Jackson and how, you know, they talk about him being a deep threat. Can he be the deep threat that the Rams need for a Matthew Stafford? In a shocking development, I have mentioned that I am from Pennsylvania and more specifically from Philadelphia uh, once on this podcast, as I'm contractually obligated to do on every podcast I appear on. So if you're playing your drinking game at home, drink. So Deshaun Jackson, I think that it's great that he has a little homecoming here. He's from L.A. He there's a great uh, article on ESPN where he's talking about how he started playing football at Darby Park, which is where SoFi Stadium is. And that has to be really cool for him to come back and everything come full circle for him. And Deshaun Jackson and Sean McVay spent uh, three years together in Washington. So a little bit of a reunion. They know each other well. Two of those three seasons, Deshaun had 100-yard seasons. So he had success with him before. But that was before, and that is my main question, because when was the last time we saw Deshaun Jackson healthy and playing in games? If you didn't know any better, you might not even realize that he was on the Eagles roster because he barely played on the field because back-to-back seasons now have been injury-plagued. Now, the Rams certainly need a deep threat. They never replaced Brandon Cooks once he was traded away to Houston. And we saw the success that they were able to have with him and even Sammy Watkins. So this offense works better when they have a deep threat. So if Deshaun Jackson is healthy and he can stay healthy, key, then that will help everybody involved. And then you pair him, let's just say the healthy version of Deshaun Jackson with Matthew Stafford. And it's a match made in heaven. Look at that. You got a deep threat. You got a guy that can throw deep. It's perfect. Someone's catching, someone's throwing. Wonderful. It's a nice sandwich, Colleen. It's a nice sandwich. It's a perfect Ram sandwich. <laughs> On to the draft so we can add all of our condiments. Um, mm-hmm. Classic, right? The Rams have no first round picks. This doesn't seem to affect the team's success, however. Um, but various experts have identified offensive line, linebackers, edge, defensive line, and cornerbacks to be the positions that the Rams need to fill in this month's draft. Uh, some needs that I have just come throwing at, you know, center, you know, with the departure of Austin Blythe, linebacker Samson Abacom's departure, and also shout out to John Johnson who plays safety, but, you know, used to shift with the linebacker safety position as well was the defensive signal caller. So just wanted to get your overall thoughts, throwing a lot at you, but do you have any insight on players that the Rams may target or your overall thoughts on filling any of these needs on the Rams roster? I'm just looking over the picks that they have and it's not surprising that they're not in the first round. When was the last time they even had a first round pick? I can't even. Yonder, many. Many years ago. <laughs> but yeah, it was an entire eight or seven years ago, a lifetime ago. So 57th overall, and you've outlined 
really good needs. Um, there's a lot of different positions that they could address in this situation. So I think that if I were them based on the offensive line and what it looks like right now, I would probably try and fill that need at 57. Uh, Andrew Whitworth also can't play forever. He can't keep pushing off retirement. So Tackles and centers are clearly not the same position, but you have a massive hole at center with Austin Blythe now in Kansas City with a new quarterback. So no center and a new quarterback center needs to be addressed immediately. I, that would be the first priority for me. But if there's some tackles that are good laying around that would also be a scenario that they could kind of go into. Some big guys just laying around on the side. No, no, no. If you can, uh, you can grab one up, that's great. <laughs> um, so I think that offensive line would be really important. But also secondary, like you said, John Johnson. Uh, he's right not now Cleveland as well. Yeah. He's not going to be easy to replace because of that versatility. That's mo- almost like multiple spots that you have to replenish. So secondary for sure, uh, whether it's the safety position uh, at this point, cornerback because Troy Hill left as yeah. well. And Darius Williams, I, they could Still lose there, him but yeah. after next year. Yeah. So they have to start at least planning for the corner position. Safety is a definite. And then 1000% that offensive line in my mind. They're totally underrated guys, man. We gotta protect the quarterback. Gotta make Matthew Stafford feel good. And offensive linemen love sandwiches, and we know this. Yes. Um, That's why I love offensive linemen. I think <laughs> they're just fantastic. Who doesn't love offensive linemen? Um, what makes me happy? For those under unaware, nose tackle Sebastian Joseph Day has speaking of food has a food series on YouTube called Dine and Dash. Um, and with the off season, I wanted to make sure we give him some love so fans could check him out Colleen I recommend you see this guy he is so uh gregarious he has this amazing personality Sebastian Joseph Day shout out he described um his his YouTube series in a recent interview and wanted you to take a listen yeah so my YouTube food series is called Dine and Bash and what I do is I go all around California and not just California even outside of California and I tackle a bunch of awesome food and restaurant places. The goal of it is just to spread positivity and spread the stories of these awesome business owners, especially during the hard time of COVID. And you honestly take a way deeper look into these restaurants and these owners and you get to essentially know their story and how the restaurant became about. Like who does a lot? And he's taking food and putting it on the forefront. <laughs> yes. This is a guy that I can root for. Yes. He's been to Bay Cities yet. We must find yes. out if that's on the list. But for real, I'm actually really excited to see what places he's hit up because I'm always trying to find new places out here. And the city is so big and there's so many pockets. It feels like California is its own country because of how big it is. It's it, I, I'm, I'm not even sure. It feels like when someone is just like another county over, they might as well be on the East Coast. So it's- I already know. There's like limitations who you're seeing and your friendship group. Like we can't be crossing the 101 and the 405. Oh. Like 
Don't don't even bother with me. Can't talk. Can't be friends. I don't even mess with the 101. I don't even know where that is, really. I'm hey. just trying to stay in my area. I know. I hear you. So thankfully, we've got Sebastian Joseph Day to tackle, pun intended, this for us. So yes. that being said, I <laughs> uh, wanted to get quickly to news from around the NFL because Julian Edelman, Jules, he announced his retirement after... 12 seasons. Colleen, wanted to get your thoughts on his career. Is he going straight into the hall? Is he going down as one of the best wideouts New England has ever seen? Or is he going straight to Tampa Bay and this <laughs> massive plot twist? <laughs> uh-huh, here we are. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when he was retiring. One, well, Tom Brady's not there anymore. And we saw how that worked out last year. So uh, if you're Julian Edelman and you're trying to figure out if you're going to stay or retire or what, I think that that pushes you to a decision how last year turned out. But hey, maybe who knows what's going to happen because Gronk, he was retired and then he came back. I can't imagine that that will actually happen. I don't really believe that, but put it, it past them. I want to put it past them. They're trying to figure out if they're going to bring back Antonio Brown. Oh, well, let's just call up another guy we're more familiar with. I don't know. What's the possibility? <laughs> I wouldn't put past it tracks. It feels yeah. like it tracks um, for sure. But it's Julian Edelman. When I think of the Patriots, I think of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman and Bill Belichick. Those he is synonymous with the Patriots, and he is such a success story because what he was a seventh round pick yeah, and scrappy player has just made such a name for himself. He was a third down machine. He was such a big part of so much of the success that New England had over the years. And I don't know if he's going to go into the hall, but he's had a wonderful career. He's made a ton of money and a ton of friends, and he should just go and live his life out on a yacht or a farm or wherever he wants to go. Either one works and or maybe Tampa Bay just to hang out with his friends. It is, uh, you know, with with Tom Brady and uh, Julian Edelman and Bill Belichick, I think it also created that idea like, oh, Bill Belichick is sort of the mastermind. I'll take a deep round pick and I will make him into a star. And it sort of made what the Patriots, we think of them as as an outsider. Oh, this is what they can do. Like, watch out who he pulls on his roster because I'll transform them immediately to work in the system. So, and I think to your point, like two deep picks are now going to be two of the best known players ever to wear a uniform for the Patriots. And to just like do a little sentimental thing, I guess. Uh, I don't really like to do this and link the Patriots to this, but inspiration, I think too, for yeah. guys that weren't necessarily day one, day two prospects, yeah. uh, players that were getting drafted in later rounds were even undrafted because seeing that success, when you see it, you can be it. That's what I'm told. <laughs> I like the positive energy. Um, <laughs> all right. It is now time for Serena social segment. We're doing socially distant social segment. Wanted to get your thoughts because Kevin James, the comedian, will play Sean Payton in an upcoming Netflix movie. According to Peter King, the movie will be based on how Payton wound up serving as an assistant coach on his son Connor's sixth grade football team in the Dallas area while he was suspended by the NFL in 2012 or in 2012. Um, apparently this 
humorous spin, it is produced by Adam Sandler's company, um, will be more inspired by the real life experience than an exact retelling. It will be focused on his experience coaching the youth team. What do you think overall, Kevin James, is he the man for the job? I'm, I'm glad that you gave me all of this background because to be honest, I have not dialed in completely on the Kevin James, Sean Payton casting movie. My uh, my but the first thing that I thought of when I saw the news was, oh, that's a great promotion from mall cop to Sean Payton. That's a huge pay raise. Your the life was way more glamorous, I would assume. Actually, I was thinking about that because I heard sirens in the background. All I could think of was mall cop, but it's just like mall cop, mall, mall cop. So yeah, Kevin James, I wonder how Sean Payton feels about it. Because when I saw uh, somebody had photoshopped Kevin James in Saints gear with the visor and the whole thing, I could see it. But before I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. And you sometimes you ask people who, what actress, what actor would play them in their biopic. And it's like, I don't know if Sean Payton would be going for Kevin James. And that's no disrespect because he's hilarious. Uh, but I'm really interested to see what this looks like and, and how it really plays out. I, I will definitely watch it. 1000% with you. And to that point, Colleen wanted to see, and this is more specific, who would you want to play you on your life if Adam Sandler produced the movie? Oh, this is hard. This right. is really hard. This changes the whole game because Adam Sandler is a very specific kind of movie. He always hires his friends to be in movies. Okay. He I a lot right. of money I on his movies. If if it's going to be some type of comedic genre, yeah, then yeah. I would go Kristen Bell. Oh, uh, I like that. That's a that, good pick. That feels like it could be it could be on brand because I I've been watching uh randomly a lot of Seinfeld. My husband has been like on a Seinfeld kick. <laughs> and I have been watching um Julia Louis-Dreyfus and just I love her so much, but it's just not is I guess like she'd have to go blonde and whatever else. So Kristen Bell feels feels like the better uh, person. Who would you have? That's a good question. I mean, I always just admire like Penelope Cruz because she's just beautiful, but I, <laughs> you know, couldn't even, I'm a girl from the Bronx and it's like, I mean, it's Cardi B and J-Lo that I'm fighting with here, so. Oh, I like this though. I'm like both of you, one is, you know, doing part first part of the movie. Yes. You can have later years. Each personality, like your professional personality, but then like your real personality. I don't even know you that well, but I feel like that could be. Uh, everybody has that. So maybe think about that. Maybe it's a two-part person part. Yeah, definitely. Um, right. I also, <laughs> if anyone watches SNL, I think... Um, Oh gosh, Kate McKinnon could play anybody. Uh, like I anyone. love her so much. And if I really needed her to play, the sirens are going off when I- they, they are. Me. This is LA traffic at its best. Um, Rudy Giuliani is out of yeah, control. Right. Like, hello, right. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, maybe, you know, Kate McKinnon could probably pass as a, a Puerto Rican from the Bronx. Absolutely, Puerto oh, Rican. No Puerto problem. You could do it. So I'm gonna throw her in the mix too. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, right. This is this is safe here. Um, all right, we're going to quickly end with say what. So Deshaun Jackson recently had this to say. Again, he's adding to the Rams offense. There's a lot to be said there, but he was pretty excited when it comes to working with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup this season. Take a listen. Man, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, two of the best doing it. You know, uh, been been doing it a long long time. I've been watching, been fans of both of them. And uh, I'm just, like I said, once again, I'm, I'm glad to be an addition to them. Uh, you know, for me, I just know how scary it is for them defensive coordinators and them defenses to line up versus three Pro Bowl receivers. We're doing it. Let's go. It's just, I mean, I'm going to have a lot of fun, as I usually do, because I'm the team reporter for the Rams. But I'm going to have a lot of fun watching the NFC West once again this season with Again, Sean McVay and this offense and all of the defenses that have to figure out how to scheme against them. Good luck. Good luck to, uh, I'm glad like the Cardinals are adding some bodies. They need it. James <laughs> Connor just switched over. And I that, think that's so. right. And that's right. So if Deshaun Jackson uh, can do his thing and uh, I guess reinvent himself, reinvigorate himself, and live up to what he was just saying and having him be out there running and making plays with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, then yeah, I think that that's real, real scary for any opposing defense. But honestly, even without him, they're pretty good and they have really, really good talented receivers. So I think that uh, the NFC West should really just be on notice. It's champagne problems. Although, yes, it did come up to, uh, recently, uh, today or yesterday, I saw James Conner being added to Arizona. And I'm like, oh, good. So on one side of the ball, you've got J.J. Watt. And now you're adding another veteran on the other side of the ball with uh, James Conner. So just always fun covering the but NFC West. Corners, like Patrick Peterson yeah. is, is out now. Like they need a new corner. Who knows if they're going to get a corner in the draft. So the Rams wide receivers could really cause some problems. Oh yeah. Let's, let's have them cause some problems in the meantime. No problems here. Colleen Wolf. I really appreciate your time. That's it. Another episode of rambling in the books. And don't forget fans. We didn't forget you. And as much as you know, you've missed the Rams games last season. Don't miss out on a chance to step into the Rams house 2021. We're letting people in the doors. You can purchase tickets, season tickets at therams.com slash 2021. We'll be bringing you more podcasts this offseason. Again, lots of content coming at you soon with the NFL draft later this month. So until then, stay safe and healthy, my friends. Go eat your sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Healthy. You rock. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you.